Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. It's that time of year when the storms, they come blowing. I was talking with one of our folks here and just talking about how often those storms come out of the west here in Seymour. And the, the nice thing there is Springfield's kind of our buffer. Yeah. <laughs> we, get, yeah. we get all the good news before yeah. it hits here in Seymour. But yeah, it's the time of year when a lot of these summer storms start rolling through. Let's talk about what implications a storm has on your renewable energy plant that you may have and what you need to do to prepare for that and then what you need to check after that. What processes do you have and need to have in place and checklists do you need to have on that sort of thing, David? What do we need to be looking at? Well, you know, we had not long ago here around the Seymour area, even farther back off to the east there, about 30 miles, we had a huge storm come through. Really wasn't a lot of wind with it, was not a lot of lightning, nothing too bad except about orange size hail. There was hail balls fell the size of oranges in this town from Hartville. And if you were in the renewable energy industry and had that at your house, you would need to do a lot of maintenance checking after that. If you had a wind turbine up, you're going to need to bring that wind turbine down. You're going to need to check for cracks in the blades. If you're using aluminum blades, bend in the blades. All of this is going to have a major effect on how your your wind turbine will perform. But now let's also be let me make sure, because as I understand it, a lot of this stuff is engineered for that. It is. But, but still, you just need you to bring got... it down. I mean, it's like I used to shoot archery, and we shot at what they call a carbon fiber arrow. Okay, so they were just carbon arrows. Well, when you shoot a carbon arrow and you think that maybe you didn't hit, you maybe maybe it just struck something a little funny. The industry standard for that is you're to take the arrow and you're to flex it both ways. You're not going to break it. It's just like our blades will. It's going to go back to form. But you're to flex that thing because if you flex it and there will happen to be an imperfection in it then, boom, it's going to break <laughs> and there's no harm, no foul. You put that in a bow and let it go and you didn't take that chance, it's probably going to break and good chances charge of it is going to go through your hand as it's leaving the bow. You know, I was never one to want something to go through my hand, so I did, you know, I did my due diligence and checked everything. <laughs> I always had more interesting ways to injure myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> but the same thing would happen on your blades. Not saying that there's going to be anything wrong with them. You just want to check them and make sure there's nothing wrong with them. So get them down, check them, check the generator. If you have an actual, what I call a slip ring up there, make sure that that thing hasn't got damaged. Make sure it hasn't, you know, if it took a direct hit on a baseball size hail, you know, and the first thing it impacted was your slip ring only, you know, if nothing else, it could crack where it was actually attached. And that would let the wires get loose, maybe causing loose contacts. There again, it may still be producing, but it's not just producing like it's supposed to. I mean, it may just be like a loose contact situation. So, and as these storms roll through, these, you know, 60, 70 mile an hour winds that roll through, making sure that we're got our guy wires tight. Everything's good and tight this time of year. If I'm in solar panels, you know, after a storm comes through or before it comes through, I'm doing it now. I'm getting up and making sure all my bolts are still tight. Everything's down like it's supposed to be. Everything's locked down to the point that it's supposed to be. On my back to my turbine, I'm taking my torque wrench and I'm checking my foot pounds of torque on my actual nut on the front of my PMG, making sure that my hub can't spin freely 
on the shaft, making sure everything's still properly seated there. Just with a little bit of simple maintenance. I mean, just going back through the manual and basically like you was putting it back up again, making sure everything's tight doors, you shouldn't have any problems whatsoever. All right, so let's say you do have some problems. Let's say you get a massive direct hit on a solar panel. It cracks. What's the exterior layer of that made out of? Is it, it, is it's going to be glass. The exterior is layer is glass. And if, if it cracks it to the point that you could actually touch the cell, you probably need to remove that. If it just cracks it, a small crack, and it's kind of made the like your windshield basically, right? I mean, not going to come through. You don't, you don't, you're not worried about something coming through the windshield. Yeah, it's just a little ding. Get you some clear varnish, outdoor varnish, and then put back in, in that crack, and it'll fix it. Or you can actually go to the same deal that you would repair the same way you would repair a windshield. You can repair that. I mean, I wouldn't call safe light out, but something of that nature. I mean, you can actually repair that. If you had that happen and you had you had your grass, grass, <laughs> glass crack like that, and you had, like we're talking about a minor ding, would you potentially see a drop in production? Could Ooh. you tell it that? I no. mean, because we talk about, you know, we talk about all the time of saying, okay, if you've got one panel that is producing low, it brings that whole right. and series it would, down. So, But if it was just a small blemish that we're talking about you know that chip in the windshield type of deal it's not gonna now you get the deer in the windshield and it's just shattered spider yeah it's it's not gonna produce i mean it's still gonna produce but it's gonna drag that whole deal down just like we just talked about so can you repair that no at that point it it is unrepairable you cannot i mean you know the solar panel when you really look at them i mean it's constructed on a normal i say normal solar panel on the the framed solar panels it only has about five ingredients to it and it's two pieces of glass the actual silicone cells that are between it the tape backing that that's on and the aluminum frame and that's really that's so you can't pull that glass out and no it's done because that silicone once it gets on the front of it it kind of melts to that front glass as well and you just can't get it pulled away from it okay it's just kind of done there again solar panels now they're relatively cheap from what they were years ago so there is no way that you could not pull it out to make sure that you're manufactured, especially if you're in a grid tie situation. It wouldn't take hardly any time to pay back off that solar panel to pull it back out. There again, I know some people that have solar down in that area and right where it came through, one of them had anything. And that's a that's damaged. a big these these are designed to go on right. your roof. Yeah. I mean that, nobody that's... had damage on the ones that and there again. Right through the heart of where this thing came through. I mean, where houses were beat to death. I mean, I saw a house that it looked like you took a ball-peen hammer in each hand and ran down it like a madman and just beat it to death. I mean, (laughs) and the house next to him has solar, and there was no blemishes on their panels anywhere. And it was actually facing the way that the storm came from. okay. Because the storm came out of the south. and, And so, to me, it was... Just well, out of proof south, enough for me. E- that's even odd around here. Yeah, it was always comes storm. out of the west. They've been hit by two major hailstorms. One came directly from the north, and this one came directly from the south. So it's kind of a just an odd deal for them. So all right, so that's our solar panel. What about our wind turbine? So if we have aluminum blades, if I have aluminum blades, and I got up there again, if I took a direct hit and it deformed my blade at all, right? I want to get that blade. I either want to get it down and put it on an anvil or whatever you have that you can beat it back because you're not going to hurt the integrity of it to get it back to what it was originally like you know and you will have two other blades up there maybe three or four that you can you know judge this thing off of 
But if it had one that took a direct strike, either replace it or get it bent back. Because if you have a blade that's off, it's going to cause off balance. I mean, it's going to cause the thing to kind of run off balance. And that's going to make a very significant It's going to make difference. a very significant on the actual output. And then it eventually is going to make a very significant deal on the turbine itself. Because if it's out of balance, it's going to wear. The shaft the, is. The shaft is going to wear on the bearing harder than it should. If everything is balanced like we like we designed now, these. Now, would you hear that vibration? You would. You would. It would make a whomping sound. A whomp, 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 whomp. I mean. Just like when you drive in your car and your and your car tire gets out of balance, you kind of hear that boom, 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 boom. That's exactly what this thing is doing. I mean, you're going to hear a little bit. And so if you ever hear that, if you're ever outside and you hear your turbines kind of making a, a funny noise, it's kind of like the dog when it's whining around the house when it never whines. There's probably something wrong. Something's I mean, up. you need to check it, you know. I mean, it's going to kind of tell you when something's wrong. I mean, and a good point to make here would be Mother Nature she can be mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so She can just be downright if, nasty. If you, it would always be wise. I mean, and of course, in all the circles we travel, you know, the prepping community is very big with our products. I love the saying, two is one and one is none. Right. Meaning, if you've got a wind turbine and you don't have backup parts for it, and particularly, you know, blade and hub is really cheap. I mean, those yeah. products... To where if you have something like this happen, right. you know, worst case is you pull that blade that got the significant damage, put the other one on there until you can, you know, get that blade fixed or replaced or what have you. Right. I mean, it, it's a cheap insurance policy to have. And plus, we talk about this time of year anyway, it would be very cost effective to your energy production to possibly change out your blade count yeah. anyway. Yeah, this is the time to do that. I mean, this isn't maintenance. This is actually just trying to maximize, maximize you know, production. You know, right now here in Missouri, we're coming on the time of year where before in, in the Seymour area, I would have probably maybe been in a seven blade on the 1600 watt. I would have probably been on a seven blade unit. Right now I'm going to a G5 unit. I'm going to a total different blade set. I'm probably going to go to like a G5 unit, either in a three or a five blade set, or the Falcon, either one. G5 is where I would go, but that's just personal preference. The Falcon's great, and it does a great job, but I just like the carbon fiber blade. That's just something I've really, I just know what they're capable of. And that's because our wind is really starting to pick up. Yeah, our wind is really starting to pick up here. Over the next, say, month, month and a half, probably month and a half for sure, Till about the 1st of June, we'll start averaging here about 20, 21 mile an hour winds on a daily average. So at our 65 foot of elevation. So we really need to change those blade sets to maximize our production, especially if you're grid tying. If you're not doing that when grid tying, you are letting money go down the drain. I mean, you're just, you're just letting it blow right past your wind turbine and letting it go right down the drain. I mean, you should, and I can't say that enough. You should always have two sets of blades if you're grid tied. You should have the maximum production for the low wind seasons and then maximum production for the high wind seasons. And that's just if you're grid tied. Now, if you're on a, like Sam, who's off grid and you've only have a certain amount of battery bank and you're feeling that already on an everyday basis in the low wind season, there's no reason to change that in the high wind season. If you're already full in the low wind seasons, no need to swap it around. No, no, no need to swap that around. But if you're in a situation where you're able to sell that energy back, do it. I mean, you need to change those. You need to maximize. That's the reason that you typically put that in, is you're trying to maximize your 
you know, everybody, that's the first question we have. What's the payback? It's a lot faster if you'll change that blade set out. I mean, so as we move into the summer, the spring and the summer, we've got most places are going to have some type of rise in humidity. Anything else we need to be checking in our power plant? I mean, do we need to be looking at our batteries and where they're setting our need to be checking charge controllers and those type of components. Do we need to charge controllers? Not so much. Charge controllers are pretty much just even kill. Really, the heat and the and the cool doesn't don't affect them very much. Humidity doesn't affect them much. I would say though, I would back up to what you said about having extra components on hand. If you're using a a relay based controller, a relay based controller like our three pal or easy dig that is something that's really cheap that you can purchase and about the only fail point on the unit is the actual relay and that because and, and we're talking about the solenoid the solenoid the yeah, relay okay. yeah because it's the one that's open and closing and so you get this time of year especially when it gets really windy there again and you're on a battery bank system and it's opening and closing a lot right you know, it's just going to have a, a chance to wear out the, the faster you have it, that it will wear out. out i mean it's like it will like I mean, saying it's going to, so having one of those on hand that you can just literally take off three wires, take out two screws, put the two screws back in, put on three wires, and you're right back up and running. For $12, that's a pretty easy. Yeah, that's a good insurance policy. That's a good insurance policy. You know, to me, it's like having a, a half-inch coupling at the house for your water pipe. I would hate to, in the middle of the night, have to go try to run, find a half-inch coupling somewhere. So having a 30-cent fitting set in in a drawer is pretty easy insurance policy, you know, so. Batteries. We need to be looking at anything with the season change. There again, batteries are a monthly deal. If you're on a battery-based system and on lead acid, then you need to be checking those monthly, not quarterly, but monthly. Now, what I would say quarterly that you should do, you should be looking at the levels monthly, opening the caps, checking the kit. And then quarterly, you should actually get something like the midnight hydrometer and actually see in the electrolyte levels in it. Because you Checking may need that. a you may need to add some to that and instead of just distilled water at some point you may need to add a little bit of actual juice back into that thing as well so okay. that be something that you needed to check I would say quarterly on that I would just do that as I did do my quarterly maintenance on my you know wind turbines either quarterly semi annually but you know I typically tell you around the first of June anywhere from March to June and then from September to December checking that turbine. Making sure right now is another thing. Crystal made a good point earlier. Yaw bearings. Make sure that yaw bearing's got good grease on it so it can actually track easily into the wind because that's the number one way to, to get Yeah, so energy. talking about that, what what about the carbon fiber blades? or What can you do with them? Carbon fiber blades as well as the aluminum blades, a turtle wax, because as things start to... You detail that, baby. Yeah, as well as <laughs> things start to pit, you know, anything that's in the sun long enough is going to start forming little pits in it. Well, turtle wax takes those pits out, and it allows that air to move over that blade the most efficient way possible. So the more efficient it can be getting over the blades, the more efficient it can be actually producing energy down. You know, we've had the class before, and I've shown how it works, you know, in the class and by actually using my hand. And a blade actually works totally backwards of what you think it does. I mean, it, it's not really the push on it. As much as it's the glancing blow that causes it it's to go the other way, it, isn't it? right? It's and it. it pulls behind and pushes behind. It's it's there again. It's kind of like the truck works. You know, you remember the old tailgate deals that had the net in them, and everybody says, "Well, it's going to increase my fuel mileage." Well, they found out that actually made their fuel mileage worse because what happens is, as as the aerodynamics comes over the truck, 
the air comes in behind it and would hit that tailgate and actually give push to the truck, giving it better fuel mileage. And with that, with that on there, it allowed that air to escape out the back and actually decreased the fuel mileage. And it's the same one in our blades, you know. So we, we have that exact pitch done on them that needs to be. So as that air comes in behind them, it actually gives push to that blade, you know. And that's why at a certain speed within a certain amount of blades that you basically hit your wind wall because the push behind is equal to the push that's on the front side of them, you know. And so as long as the push behind is greater than the push in front, it can actually increase in speed. But eventually it will find the, the equilibrium there and there'll be equal pressure on both sides and it can't go any faster than that. Can you armor all the blades with that? Turtle wax has actually got, you know, it's actually going to go into the pits. If you want to make them look shiny, you can armor <laughs> them. But it, you know, armor all is not actually going to fill that pit in. So turtle waxing is really where you want to, to do that, you know. And I say that on both. I mean, that would be aluminum. Aluminum's not quite as bad. And if you take your aluminum blade and you happen to have it like an acrylic paint put on it, more like a, an actual car paint put on it. And then again, once a year, turtle waxing out like you would your car and it'll, any little imperfections in it, it would, will buff right back out and get a good smooth finish on it again. So, okay. So storms come through, we've got a plan to do that. We need to make sure that happens. Anything else we can think of other than maybe, maybe enjoy chuckling to yourself that your lights are on while the neighbors are off because that's right that's right you know that's the power from the power company you know another thing to to check if you're using this as more of an emergency generation type system just like your generator at home like a gasoline generator you need to be testing this once a month i mean don't wait a year for the storm to come through and then go flip the transfer switch and hope that everything works be surprised if something well, I don't know what's not working. I mean, it's a lot easier to fix it when you're not in a rush, when you're not right in crunch time, you know. So go out once a month, turn it on, let it do its job. I mean, it's actually good for the batteries to do that. So let them come down just a little bit, bring them back up. It kind of keeps some life in them, keeps the sulfation off of them. So kind of do that. I mean, I recommend not just having one for a backup. I recommend having something that's using that power every day, that you're using a little bit of power every day from that unit. If not, you might as well just buy the gasoline generator. I mean, it's made for a reason. It's renewable. And then there again, you have no surprise when you really need it. That way you can laugh at the neighbors down the street. Or you can call them and say, hey, you can come, come up over and, and you know, uh, watch TV. So it depends there. on how you're, what kind of neighbor you are <laughs> but, uh, or what kind of neighbors you have. So I, I, You're probably a better neighbor. I was laughing at them. You were inviting them down. That probably tells <laughs> well, a little bit it, about me and well, you. Well, <laughs> again, it depends on the neighbors you have. There's, one side can come, the other side can stay home. So we'll laugh at them. So, but anyway. Okay. All right. Well, I think big things take away from here is just make sure you've got a plan to check things out after some of these little summer storms come through. And and there again, maybe check them out before there again, tightening those bolts, tightening yeah. everything down. Before those summer storms start rolling through, we're supposed to get one today roll through. It's supposed to be pretty, pretty mean jinky. green. <laughs> so, you know, so we, we'll let you know we've how already, that goes. Yeah, we've already <laughs> made sure our hatches are batting down on that one. So, But that's kind of the thing. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's Doggy Chicken Treats coming. Thanks again.